Chapter Twelve of the Old Maids Club by Israel Zangwill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve: The Arithmetic and Physiology of Love. Well, have you seen this Fanny Radowski? said Lord Silverdale when he returned the manuscript to the president of the Old Maids Club. Of course. Didn't I tell you I had the story from her own mouth, though I have put it into Mendoza's? Ah, yes, I remember now. It certainly is funny, her refusing a good Catholic, on the ground that he was a bad Jew. But then, according to the story, she doesn't know he's a Catholic? No, it is I who divined the joke of the situation. Lookers-on always see more of the game. I saw at once that if Mendoza were really a Jew, he would never have been such an ass as to make the slip he did. And so from this and several other things she told me about her lover— I constructed deductively the history you have read. She says she first met him at a morning service in memory of her father, and that it is a custom among her people, when they have not enough men to form a religious quorum, the number is the mystical ten, to invite any brother Jew who may be passing to step in, whether he is an acquaintance or not. I gather that from the narrative, said Lord Silverdale and so she wishes to be an object lesson in female celibacy does she she is most anxious to enlist in the cause is she really beautiful etc she is magnificent then i should say the very member we are looking for a jewess will be an extremely valuable element of the club for her race exalts marriage even above happiness and an old maid is even more despised than among us the lovely Miss Radowski will be an eloquent protest against the prejudices of her people. Lily Dulcimer shook her head quietly. The racial accident, which makes her seem a desirable member to you, makes me regard her as impossible. How so? cried Silverdale in amazement. You surely are not going to degrade your club by anti-Semitism. Heaven forfend! but a jewess can never be a whole old maid i don't understand look at it mathematically a moment silverdale made a grimace consider a jewess orthodox like miss radowski can only be an old maid fractionally an old maid must make the grand refusal she must refuse mankind at large now miss radowski being cut off by her creed from marrying into any but an insignificant percentage of mankind is proportionately less valuable as an object lesson she is unfitted for the functions of old maidenhood in their full potentiality already by her religion she is condemned to almost total celibacy she cannot renounce what she has never possessed there are in the world roughly speaking eight million jews among a population of a thousand millions the force of the example in other words her value as an old maid may therefore be represented by point zero zero eight i am glad you express her as a decimal rather than a vulgar fraction said lord silverdale laughing but i must own your reckoning seems correct as a mathematical wrangler you are terrible so i shall not need to try miss radowski no we cannot entertain her application said lily peremptorily the thunder-cloud no bigger than a man's hand gathering on her brow at the suspicion that silverdale did not take her mathematics seriously considering that in keeping him at arm's length her motive were merely mathematical 
though lord silverdale was not aware of this she was peculiarly sensitive on the point she changed the subject quickly by asking what poem he had brought her do not call them poems he answered it is only between ourselves there are no critics about thank you so much i have brought one suggested by the strange farrago of religions that figured in your last human document it is a paean on the growing hospitality of the people towards the gods of other nations there was a time when free trade in divinities was taboo each nation protecting and protected by its own now foreign gods are all the rage the end of the century catholic credo i'm a christo-jewish quaker moslem atheist and shaker auld licht church of england faker antinomian baptist deist gnostic neo-pagan theist presbyterianish papist comtist mormon darwin apist trappist high church unitarian sandemanian sabbatarian plymouth brother walworth jumper southcote south place bible thumper christadelphian platonic old moravian masonic corybantic christiantic ethic culture transatlantic anabaptist neo-buddhist zoroastrian talmudist laotian theosophic bible rapping philosophic medieval monkish mystic modern mephistophelistic hellenistic calvinistic brahimistic cabalistic humanistic tolstoyistic rather robert elsmeristic altruistic hedonistic and agnostic manichaean worshipping the galilean for with equal zeal i follow siva allah zeus apollo mumbo jumbo dagon brahma buddha alias gautama jave juggernaut and juno plus some gods that but the few know though i reverence the mishnah i can bend the knee to vishnu i obey the latest modin recognizing thor and odin just as freely as the virgin for the pope and mr spurgeon moses paul and zoroaster each to me is seer and master i consider heine hegel schopenhauer shelley schlegel diderot savonarola dante russo gotha zola whitman renan priest of paris transcendental prophet harris ibsen carlyle huxley pater each than all the others greater and i read the zendavesta koran bible roman gesta inns upanishads and spencer with affection e'er intenser for these many appellations of the gods of different nations i believe from baal to sun god all at bottom cover one god him i worship dropping gammon and his mighty name is mammon you are very hard upon the century or rather upon the end of it said lily the century is dying unshriven said the satirist solemnly its conscience must be stirred truly was there ever an age which had so much light and so little sweetness in the reckless fight for gold society has become a mutual swindling association cupidity has ousted cupid and everything is bought and sold except your poems lord silverdale laughed lily it was tit for the tat of his raillery of her mathematics before his lordship had time to make the clever retort the thought of next day turple the magnificent brought in a card 
miss winifred woodpecker said lily queryingly i suppose it's another candidate show her in miss woodpecker was a tall stately girl of the kind that pass for lilies in the flowery language of the novelists have i the pleasure of speaking to miss dulcimer yes i am miss dulcimer said lily and where is the old maids club further inquired miss woodpecker looking around curiously here replied lily indicating the epigrammatic antimacassars with a sweeping gesture no don't go lord silverdale miss woodpecker this is my friend lord silverdale he knows all about the club so you needn't mind speaking before him well you know i read the leader in the hurrygraph about your club this morning oh is there a leader said lily feverishly have you seen it lord silverdale i'm not sure at first i fancied it referred to the club but there was such a lot about ptolemy rosa bonheur's animals and the suez canal that i can hardly venture to say what the leader itself was about and so miss woodpecker have you thought about joining our institution for elevating female celibacy into a fine art i wish to join at once is there any entrance fee there is experience have you had a desirable proposal of marriage eminently desirable and still you do not intend to marry not while i live ah that is all the guarantee we want said lord silverdale smiling afterwards in heaven there is no marrying nor giving in marriage that is what makes it heaven added lily but tell us your story it was in this way i was staying at a boarding-house in brighton with a female cousin and a handsome young man in the house fell in love with me and we were engaged then my mother came down immediately afterwards my lover disappeared he left a note for me containing nothing but the following verses she handed a double tear-stained sheet of letter-paper to the president who read aloud as follows a vision of the future well is it for man that he knoweth not what the future will bring forth she had a sweetly spiritual face touched with a noble stately grace poetic heritage of race her form was graceful slim and sweet her frock was exquisitely neat with airy tread she paced the street she seemed some fantasy of dream a flash of loveliness supreme a poet's visionary gleam and yet she was of mortal birth a lovely child of lovely earth for kisses made and joy and mirth sweet whirling thoughts my bosom throng to link her life with mine i long and shrine her in immortal song i steal another glance and lo dread shudders through my being flow my veins are filled with liquid snow another form beside her walks of servants and expenses talks her nose is not unlike a hawk's her face is plump her figure fat she's prose embodied stout gone flat a comfortable persian cat her life is full of petty fuss she wobbles like an omnibus and yet it was not always thus alas for perishable grace how unmistakably i trace the daughters in the mother's face beneath the beak i see the nose the poetry beneath the prose the figure neath the adipose and so i sadly turn away 
how can i love a clod of clay doomed to grow earthlier day by day vain vain the hope from fate to flee what special providence for me i know that which hath been will be lily and lord silverdale looked at each other well but said lily at last according to this he refused you not you him our rules you mistake me interrupted winifred woodpecker when the first fit of anguish was over i saw my frank was right and i have refused all the offers i have had since five in all it would not be fair to a lover to chain him to a beauty so transient in ten or twenty years from now i shall go the way of all flesh under such circumstances is not marriage a contract entered into under false pretenses there is no chance of the law of this country allowing a time limit to be placed in the contract celibacy is the only honest policy for a woman involuntarily lily's hand seized the candidate's and gripped it sympathetically she divined a sister soul you teach me a new point of view she said a finer shade of ethical feeling silverdale groaned inwardly he saw a new weapon going into the anti-hymeneal armory and the old maids club on the point of being strengthened by the accession of its first member the law will have to accommodate itself to these finer shades pursued lily energetically it is a rusty machine out of harmony with the age science has discovered that the entire physical organism is renewed every seven years and yet the law calmly goes on assuming that the new man and the new woman are still bound by the contract of their predecessors and still possess the good will of the original partnership it seems to me if the short lease principle demanded by physiology is not to be conceded there should at any rate be provincial and american rights in marriage as well as london rights in the metropolis the matrimonial contract should hold good with a in the country with b neither party infringing the other's privileges in accordance with theatrical analogy that is the literal latitudinarianism in morals you will never get the world to agree to laughed lord silverdale at least not in theory we cannot formally sanction theatrical practice do not laugh said lily law must be brought more in touch with life isn't it rather vice versa life must be brought more in touch with law however if miss woodpecker feels these fine ethical shades won't she be ineligible how so said the president in indignant surprise by our second rule every candidate must be beautiful and undertake to continue so poor little lily drooped her head and now it befalls to reveal to the world the jealously guarded secret of the english shakespeare for how else can the tale be told of how the old maids club was within an ace of robbing him of his bride End of chapter twelve